Shalom Ubracher, we are up to Yavom Asdaf Lamid Vov. Today's Daf continues the discussion we have in Machlekes Rosh and Rabbi Yechanan regarding doing a pregnant Chalitza. We have the concept of the Vlad Yotzele Avira Oilam and only taking effect on our case once the child is born. We have another case where a Yavom Tsara may or may not be pregnant. What's the case of that Yibum? Then we have other machleks in Mishlakish and Rabbi Yechanan when we pass like Mishlakish when a father designates his Yerusha Belashan Matano or Belashan Yerusha or if he grants everything to his son before he dies so it belongs to the father while he's alive and the son after he dies what happens if the son dies first and we'll uh, also discuss the the guidelines of the Chiyav to separate after doing Yibam with a child, a pregnancy that was not Mekuyam. Well, now we're trying to bring a Raya, whether a Chalitza done on a pregnant woman is a Kasha Chalitza or Chalitza must be, or Yibam must be done again after the child is not Mekayim. So the Gemara asks, we learned if someone marries his Yivama and then it turns out that she had been pregnant, he's not allowed to marry her Tzara because maybe this Vlad will survive. But the Gemara asks, if this child, this fetus, is born healthy, then he married that woman originally, the pregnant woman, Beheter. Her tzara should be mutter because the brother's name now turns out was Mikuyam with this child. So there was no Chiyavibum. Rather, we have to say that, change the Lashon, that perhaps this child will not be a Ben Kayama. That's why he can't marry a tzara. But if you're going to hold, like Rabbi Yechanon, that marrying, doing Yibum with a Mubaras is a good Yibum, why can't he marry a Tzara if the child does not survive? The Tzara should be Potter with that original Yibum. Abai answers that really the Machlekes Rabbi Yechanon and Rishlokesh is not that broad. When it comes to Bia, to doing Yibum, everyone agrees that the Torahs will not become potter with that Yibum. The Machlekes says with Chalitza, Rabbi Yechanun holds that doing Chalitza on a pregnant Yevoma is considered a Chalitza, but a Yibum would not be halachically viable. Rish Lakish, however, holds that just like Yevoma doing Yibum on a pregnant Yevoma would not be a good Yibum, Chalitza would not work either. You'd have to do it again if the child doesn't make it. So now Rava asks, how could you be splitting hairs like that? If Bia Meuberes works, then Chalitza Meuberes should also. If Bia Meuberes does not work, then Chalitza shouldn't work. We know that anyone who can do Yibum can do Chalitza. Anyone who can't do Yibum can't do Chalitza. They're intertwined. Rather, Rava answered that this is what our mission is telling us. If someone does Yibum and then it turns out she was pregnant, her tsaris are off limits to the brothers because maybe this child will survive. And Bia Meuberes does not work. Chalitz Meuberes also does not work. The reason here is that a child, a fetus, will not potter until it is actually born. And we have a riot to Rava from a Brisa that says that if someone does Yibum and then it turns out she was pregnant, their tsaris are off limits. Because maybe this child will not survive. And Chalitza with a Meuberes is not a good Chalitza. Just like Bias Meuberes is not a good 
Yibum. And over there, the Baitzah says, if you want to say that you should go after Roiv Nashim, and most children are born Mikuyam, that's not going to help because this Vlad, this fetus, does not potter from Yibum or Chalitza until it is actually born. Therefore, there is a Chi of Yibum and Chalitza before it's born, while she's pregnant. There are different levels of Roiv. Five percent is not the same. Fifty-one uh, percent is not is not the same. And ninety-eight percent really. Revelozer says, "Is it possible that there's a Mishnah that goes like Reish Lakish? The Chalitza Milberis is not good, and we didn't bring it up. Let's go tr- try to find a Mishnah that fits like Reish Lakish. And he does. He finds a Mishnah that says, if a woman goes with her husband overseas, and then word comes back to her co-wife that they died, that the husband died." She cannot get married, cannot do Yibam, until she finds out whether her tsara is pregnant. Because if she's pregnant, then there might not be a Chiyav Yibam. If she's not pregnant, then she has a Chiyav Yibam and she cannot get married to some stranger before doing Chalitza. Oh, the Gemara says, okay, so in a Hanami, you can't do Yibam, because that might, that might just be her brother-in-law, which would be Usr. If there's no Chiyav Yibam. But why not do Chalitza? You could always wait nine months and see whether her tzara gives birth. But aside from that, is there any short-term option? Well, Abai Bar Abo. And if Chin and Abai say, maybe the Torah's child will survive. In which case, the Chalitza that she did in the interim was nothing whatsoever. In which case, she's allowed to marry a Kayan, but the problem is that everyone's going to see a woman who did Chalitza going to marry a Kayan. And you're going to have to go announce to everybody that that was not a good Chalitza. News says the Gemara, go ahead and make the announcement. Oh, but maybe there's one or two people who missed the announcement. All they know is that they were at the Chalitza. And then this woman is now marrying Mr. Kayan. And they'll say that a Chalitza is allowed to marry a Kayan. Abaye gives a different explanation for this mission. He says that it doesn't say that this co-wife can't do chalitza or yibum. It just says she can't get married or do yibum. In a chanami, she could do chalitza and then get married to whoever she wants. And the Gemara, in fact, now brings a baraisa exactly like Rish Lachish, that if someone does chalitza on a pregnant yivama, and then that child is a nefel, miscarried, the brothers need to do another chalitza because that first chalitza did not count. Ralva says, you know, this is not the only case where we pass him like Rish Lakish. Usually we don't. Rish Lakish against Rabbi Yechanan, Rabbi Yechanan was his Rebbe. But there are two other cases besides for this where we pass him like Rish Lakish. Number two on the list. Well, number one is Chalitza Meoberis. Number two is if there is a father who is dividing up his property to his children. And he's not going according to the normal Yerusha laws. He's giving the Bechar an equal share as the rest of the brothers. If he's giving it out as a gift in his lifetime, he could give his property to whoever he wants. But if he says that he's doing it as a Yerusha, that doesn't help. That will not change the halachas of Yerusha just because he said so. The halachas of Yerusha are that Bechar gets double. If he writes at any point in his will that it's as a gift then whatever these gifts are will be Mekuyim, despite their contradiction to Hilchah's Yerusha. However, Rish Lakish says that even if he writes that it's a gift, that will not help unless he writes the Lushan of Matana 
applied to each of the brothers and their designated gifts. And there we pass like Rish Lakish. The third case is a case of a father who writes over his possessions to his son after he dies. He says when he dies, his son gets all of his possessions. The father cannot sell his possessions now because he gave it gave them to his son. And the son cannot sell them while the father is alive because they're still in the rishus of the father. However, if the father does sell them, the buyer only gets them after the father dies. If the son sells them, well, if the father sells them, the, the buyer only gets it until he dies. Then it goes to the son. And if the son sells them, the buyer will only receive it once the father dies. Now, we had an interesting caveat, because what happens if the, the son dies after he sells it, before the father dies? So the father's still alive, owning the payrace of his property, and the son owns the property itself once the father dies, but the son dies first. Rabbi Yechanan says that the buyer does not receive anything, because since the father owns the payrace, the profits of this property... It's as if he owns the property himself, in which case the son had nothing to sell. But according to Rish Lakish, the buyer will own this father-son property because even though the father did own the produce of this property until he dies, that does not mean that the father owns the property itself. Now going back to our Mishnah, we said that if the brother does Yibam on the Me'uberes, the pregnant Yivama, even if the child is not Kayoma, they must separate. They cannot remain married. Rebbe tells us that they have to get divorced with a get. It's a knas. You should not have done yibam on a pregnant woman. And just because it worked out okay, we're not going to reward that misconduct. Rava tells us they're a mayor and Rebbe are actually saying the same thing. So Rebbe is what we just said, that they have to get divorced with a the Yibu Me'uberes case. Remeir is a brysa, which says that a man is not allowed to marry a pregnant woman who had just been married, right? Or a nursing woman. If he does, he has to divorce her, and he's never allowed to remarry her, according to Remeir. This is a knas. We don't want them to get married because perhaps this woman will stop nursing her child to have more children with this new marriage. As a knas for getting married, Rameir says they must get divorced and never remarry. The Chachamim over there, however, say they must get divorced and once she is done nursing this child, they can then remarry. 24 months later, or I think we say nowadays, it's three months after she finishes nursing. However, Abaye says that this is not the same knas as Eliezer. Maybe Eliezer was only knasing the Hakoin is Yevimtoi, who is pregnant, because there he was potentially being over HS Ach, which is Midaraisa. Over here, this is Xeras Der Abonon. Der mayor is teaching us not to marry a nursing woman. Or maybe the opposite. Maybe Rav Meir only says it's Usr by the Isra Der Abonon because the Chachamim sometimes are extra Machmir to be Mechazik their Halachis. But Menatira, Midaraisa, no one goes near an Eshazach. Perhaps Rameir would allow that. So they're incomparable. Rava says that according to the Chachamim, they must 
separate with a get. And Marizucha says that this is actually miduyuk in the Mishnah because it says that they have to be yoitzi. They have to go out. And it doesn't say yafresh, that they must separate. And yoitzi is a lotion of a get. Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.